Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. Morning, good morning to you from Glasgow. Very windy, Glasgow. very wet. Today we're headed to Destiny Church, which is one of the few evangelical churches here. So we're really excited to go attend there today. Yes, yep. Yeah. And uh, we're excited to uh, introduce Pastor Stephen. He's going to be speaking today. And uh, as many of you know, we have selected him as our next pastor at Cornerstone Church. And we will be doing a commissioning service on February the 4th. And it's been a great year for him so far. We have told him already that uh, his Michigan Wolverines has won the national championship. He's becoming a pastor, a senior pastor. And so he's looking for the trifecta. He wants you to pray for him that the Lions will win the Super Bowl. We told him two out of three ain't bad, though, you know. So uh, anyway, so hey, will you guys welcome Pastor Stephen up this morning and give him a hand as he comes and preaches to you this morning. I told Pastor Jody last week, I, I felt kind of offended that he didn't mention Michigan winning. Because if Georgia would have won, Alabama, any SEC team would have won, he had said something. But let it be a Big Ten team. It slips his memory, quote unquote. But as he said, I am Pastor uh, Stephen. Um, I want to welcome everybody here today. And before we get started, I just want to tell Jessica, I'm sorry my shoes aren't bright. They're just regular black. It, it's cold outside. Like, I'm from Michigan. And it's still cold outside. And I was fussing at my daughter because she came out, because you know girls, they like to look pretty. And she came out and she's like, it's cold. I'm like, you have no clothes on. What do you expect? It's 10 degrees. You're going to freeze your tail off. But nonetheless, um, just, just want to apologize, Jessica, that I'm not bright and everything. Next time I'll get it for you. All right. We are in a series, and I'm excited about today's message because we're in a series called Perspective, 21 Days of Perspective and Seeing Through the Eyes of Jesus. I'm excited today because we're going to be talking about seeing people's potential. I just think I need to pause because potential, the way you see it, may look different than what we're talking about today. And I feel like we should just ask God and invite God in this moment. Let's pray. Father, we invite you to speak now. Let our ears be open. Holy Spirit, flow and show us and reveal to us your truth from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm going to be jumping around um, as I'm trying to get my foot in on this. I want to read this text to you as we talk about potential. It's found in Galatians 3, and it's from the uh, Passion Translation. It says this. You have all became, become true, true. Ha, let me slow down. Let me go right here. All right. You have all become true children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Faith immersed you in Christ, and you are now covered and clothed with his, with his life. You no longer, and we no longer see each other in our former state. Jew nor Greek, I mean no Jew or non-Jew, rich or poor, male or female, because we are all one through our union with Christ Jesus. Today we're going to talk about how we see other people, seeing people's potential. Now, if I was to say the word potential, I know most of us automatically know and we automatically have ideas of what potential is. Every year, sports time, Pastor Ronnie's going to say, 
Tennessee got potential winning the championship this year. And all the rest of the SEC will go, yeah, you're lying. They, they may have potential, but it's a lie, right? We all know what potential looks like. We have a child, we see potential in them. We have an employee, we see potential in them. A sports team, a sports player, we see potential in them. Uh, a, a, a company, we see potential in them. Stock options, we see potential in them, right? We know right off the hand what potential looks like. And the definition for potential wouldn't surprise us. It actually says potential is this. Having and showing the capacity to become or develop into something in the future. Having or showing the capacity to become or develop into something in the future. We all know deep within what potential looks like. I remember when I was a young boy growing up in Detroit. I played football. Uh, This was my seventh grade year, and I played Little League football. Um, And at the end of the season, the coach wanted to say, he had me in front of, as you do the team celebration, he wanted to say, this boy has tremendous potential. You're going to see him do great things in football over the next several years. I guarantee it. I played one more year of football and I was done. <laughs> he saw something. He just didn't see the right thing. Right? We, can, we are, at times, we become experts in seeing other people's potential. Right? We could tell everybody else, I see tremendous potential in you. I know there's something great you're going to do. But I hate to tell you guys this. At the same time, we're blinded. Because when it comes to gifts, talents, and abilities, we can see potential. But yet we walk past people every day and don't see their potential in Christ. We walk past people every day. And don't realize that their potential is found in Jesus Christ. That Jesus came and he died on the cross for them so that they can receive salvation. And how do I know this? Because I'm not just talking about you, I'm talking about me. We unconsciously have these biases in us. Let me give you just. I know you guys think I'm crazy sometimes, so just hear me out for a second. I had to ask God to forgive me. Because of how I felt for SEC fans. I feel like they're loudmouthed, they're always bragging. Listen, when Michigan won, what did I hear from several of my friends who were Georgia fans? If Michigan would play Georgia in the championship, we would have won. I had to ask God, forgive me. Because I immediately went to, yeah, but y'all couldn't beat Alabama. If you beat Alabama, you could have been there. But I didn't say that. I was processing, right? Unconsciously. I grew some type of way against SEC fans. And I'm just joking with that. But I'm, if we look more seriously, you guys, I'm black. <laughs> some people, whoa, my goodness, it's a revelation. I am, I'm dropping revelations right now. This is knowledge, right? You may not realize this. I grew up in Detroit. And my grandmother's white. So growing up, I grew up with a totally different perspective. At one period of time, I was not black enough to be black. I grew up in Detroit, but because our parents taught us to speak properly, I was not black enough to be black. And God knows I'm not white enough to be white. I mean, I do like my pumpkin spice latte. Give me some. Right? There were prejudices within my own people group. And I wasn't alone in this. You guys know what I'm talking about. Unconsciously, when you walk past somebody, you think a certain way. I know. I see people loaded down with tattoos, and I go, 
I'm going to grab my purse. I don't even have a purse. I'm afraid. I'm just telling you how we think. We, we look and view people based on the outward appearance all the time. And I'm not just talking about color. Here in the South, in the Bible Belt, there's a gender thing. That women are not equal with men. And I'm not, talk, I'm not even going all the, down those rabbit trails. But I'm here to tell you guys. In the North, that's not an issue. I know, them Yankees. But I didn't realize there's a little bit of that here, unconsciously. In the South, I had to be careful what I went. I remember when I was going to the drive-in movie theater at one time, and I asked Pastor Jody, is it okay if we people go? <laughs> in a joking way, you know? Because I didn't know how I would be treated in certain areas. Now, I want you to understand this. Throughout all these things, God has broken my heart for all of humanity. And the more I realize my unconscious bias towards people, I pray that God will break it down. Whether it's over a muscle-bound man who's big and strong, whether it's uh, over a skinny person, whether it's over someone who's really short, really tall, black, white, Hispanic, Indian, it doesn't matter. I pray that God will break those boundaries, those walls that I have put up down because I am supposed to see all people the way Jesus sees them. The whole point of this perspective series is so that we can see people the way Jesus sees them. Now, I'm going to say something right now because there's a lot of older people in here. Being 43 now, whew, that's kind of scary. I'm like, whew, I feel my heart already start aching, you know. <laughs> 43, Jesus. But being 43 now, older people, we have some biases as well. We look, I work with young people all the time, them kids these days. We have biases as well. Don't think it's just color. I just want you guys to get that. It's not just color. It's homeless people who we treat because of the smell. Because, oh, they, they, they brought that on themselves. They ended up that way. They made those choices. You made your choices as well. It ain't by God's grace that you're here. Okay, okay. Let's get into God's word. Because I believe God's word can speak to us for every situation of our life. And in God's word, God did something in the life of Peter and the disciples. Because God, initially, when Jesus died on the cross and he rose again, he told his disciples, here is the command. I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And the disciples had got so caught up in their backyard, which was comfortable. Don't hear me. I get that. I know it's comfortable to hang out with your friends. You want to hang out with people. Gigi, you know what I'm talking about. Go, you know, the you. You know what I'm talking about. Me and Gigi, we want to hang out with each other. But I can't just hang out with Gigi. And Jesus told Peter, the disciples, you can't just hang out with the people that you're around. Because if you only tell the people you're around, the gospel will never go anywhere but this little circle. And so God had to intervene. We're going to pick up our story in the book of Acts chapter 10. Because God had to step in. And intervene with the disciples because they were so caught up in their own little areas. So let me give you a little backdrop, as I just told you, as you turn into the book of Acts. Jesus told them to go through all the world. The disciples said, all right, sweet. We'll go to Jerusalem, Judea, and dare I say, Samaria. But I think we're about to, this is far enough for us. Perspective. We'll go to, we'll go to our merchie. 
We go to Cartersville, and dare I say, we'll go to Atlanta. Woo-hoo. But I think that's far enough. We'll spread the gospel to these people because I know these people are old. They used to be Jews, or they are Jews, and they just don't have it right. So we're going to proclaim the gospel to them because this is people who suit it best for it. And there was a man named Cornelius in this story. By the way, Cornelius is an amazing name. Cornelius and Peter are very amazing names. If you ever want to name your child anyone, I recommend Stephen, Cornelius, Peter, and Daniel. Those are great names. Just want to point that out. Okay. So there was a man named Cornelius. And Cornelius was a Roman satyrian, which he was in charge of. He was a Roman officer. He was in charge of a lot of soldiers. And this Roman officer, as it says... He was a godly man, but he was a Roman, which means he was Gentile, which means he wasn't saved. This godly man gave gifts to the poor. He was friendly with the Jews. He kind of had a heart for God, but he just didn't know God. God intervened, gave him an angel, and said, I want you to sin for Peter so Peter can proclaim the message to you. We pick up our story in chapter 10, verse 9. So the next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat to the flat. I got this. Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. I just want to say, when you're hungry, it's easy to fall into a trance. I just want to point that out. Just okay. (laughs) I've been hungry and praying, like woo, I am out. But that wasn't a trance. He saw the sky open. And something like a large sheet was let down from all four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared, I have never eaten anything our Jewish laws have declared unpure, I mean impure or unclean. The voice said again, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheep was suddenly put up to heaven. Peter was very perplexed. What could this vision mean? Just then, men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house, standing outside the gate. They asked him if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. Go down. I mean, get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. I'm pausing in this story because I want to touch on a couple quick things. Sometimes God has to intervene in your life so you get, to, uh, get a clue. Sometimes God has to break through of your own norm to say, hey, let me help you understand something. I know you think you know what's best, but let me show you something different. So when God does that, especially when he repeats it, Three times, get a clue. You guys know, you pray for signs. God, is this it, this it? God repeats it three times. You know the story. A man was on the flood. He got, send, God sent me somebody help. They came through on a boat, came through on a helicopter. He got to heaven. He's like, God, why didn't you send anybody? He said, what are you talking about? I sent you a boat and a helicopter, you dummy. You know the story, right? When God gives you a sign, catch hold of what he's saying. I am one that don't believe there's just coincidences. I believe that God shows up in situations in our life repeatedly to get your, get your attention. 
I know some of you guys are like, oh, this is a strange coincidence that this will happen. No. Michigan winning is not a coincidence. It's the glory of God on earth. You get what I'm saying? Cold temperatures in, in the south is not a coincidence. It's hell freezing over. I know, I'm joking. I'm totally joking. Some of you guys got offended. Please don't get offended. I'm sorry. Right? These are signs. Let's wake up and see the signs. That's the first thing. Second thing I want you guys to realize. Peter still was perplexed. Even after seeing the vision, he still didn't get it. He was questioning what was going on. But he was obedient. And he followed and did what God told him to do. You don't always have to get what God is saying to do what God tells you to do. I'm going to break down some of these things in a little bit. But I just want to just touch on sometimes when God reveals something to you and he tells you to do it, like be the next pastor of Cornerstone Church, you don't get it. You're just obedient and you follow through. Because with God, obedience is way better better than sacrifice. Okay, let's pick back up our story. Verse 21. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? Verse 22. They said, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. The next day they went with him, accompanied by some of the brothers of Joppa. They arrived in Caesarea the following day. I think that's the word. You know what the word is. Cornelius was waiting for them, and he called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered his house, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, stand up. I'm a human being just like you. So they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. Peter told them, verse 28, you know it is against our laws for Jewish men to enter to a Gentile home like this or associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came without hesitation, I mean objection, as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you have sent for me. Cornelius replied, four days ago I was praying in my house, you guys know this, Oh, you don't know this. And um, sometime around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, suddenly a man in desolate white clothes uh, was standing in front of me. He told me, Cornelius, your, your prayers have been heard and your gifts of the poor have been noticed by God. Now send men, men, messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is standing in the home of Simon, a tenor who lives near the seashore. I'm pausing right there. And I want to begin to tell you guys how to get perspective. Sorry. How to see other people's potential. If we're going to see through God's lenses, which is his perspective, we're going to need to see other people's potential. And the question I have is, how do we see people's potential? And I'm going to jump right to it because I believe one of the ways you can see people's potential is you have to spend time with God. You know this. I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know. But the more time you spend with people, the more you begin to act and behave like this. Before I joined the youth group, I believe those students didn't care about shoes. Um, when I got in the youth group and started always talking about shoes, I heard the students talk about shoes left and right. It changes you when you hang out with someone. Right? You hang out. Listen, I love country music. But you guys know I didn't grow up listening to country music because there was no country music in Detroit. I don't even think country music existed anywhere in Detroit. 
You understand? I listen to the hippity hop, the rap. I got around in Maryland, in Oklahoma, some other people. I started listening to what they listen to, and now, good dog, I'm a country boy. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Cotton Eye Joe, where did it come from? Where did you go? I get her down. The more time you spend with people, the more you begin to get molded and shaped like that people, those people. Same thing is true with God. The more time you spend with God in his word, in his presence and prayer, talking with him, get to know his heart, the things he liked, the things he disliked, the more it would change you from the inside out. That's how change happened. Romans 12, 2 tells us this. Be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Understand, this happens inside out as you spend time with God. You know this. If you don't believe me, look at your kids. When your kids were birthed, when, you, when your wife pushed them out, they had their own identity. Until now, you talk to Stevie. Stevie is hilarious, and he says the most craziest stuff. And Pearl go, where did he get that from? Um, it wasn't me, baby, honestly. <laughs> you wonder why my daughter is crazy as well? I'm sorry. They spent time with me. I say crazy stuff. If you spend time with God, you will begin to think like God. You will begin to see people the way God sees them. Understand, when God looks at humanity, he doesn't see color. He doesn't see age. Thank God for Gary. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I always got to feel sorry, Gary. All right. <laughs> he doesn't see age. He doesn't see height. He doesn't see where you were raised. He doesn't see your parents. He sees your heart. The more we can see people like God sees them, the more this world can change. One of the ways you can start to see people, their potential, is to spend time with God, who sees everyone's for their true potential. You know what God did? He saw our potential so much that he was willing to give his son to die for us. You're talking about somebody willing to risk it all? Because I know if I was had to give up my child for one of you guys, I'm sorry, Miss Fonda, you're not going to cut it. Okay, Miss Fonda, yes, you'll cut it. Mr. Bill, you definitely don't cut it. You just got to die on your own, brother. You get what I'm saying? Okay. Spend time with God is what I'm trying to say. If you want to begin to see people for their full potential. Another thing you want to do, if you want to begin to see people for their full potential, remember I talk, told you that Peter was obedient? Maybe you're going to have to be obedient even when you don't understand what's going on. There's a story of a young lady that works here in this office. She was driving with her mother. They were going to get some food. And as they were going to get some food, they saw a homeless person on the side of the road. I'm sorry I'm sharing your story, but you'll be fine. They saw a homeless person on the side of the road. And the young lady, she was just, it was just bothering her. She was like, God, I'm, I, nope, I can't do it. I don't know what to do. I can't do it. She, did, she didn't see the potential at this point. She went to McDonald's. She got some food. And what's cool was God provided for her, them to get extra food. I may be messing up the story, but I believe the story is all online. So they got extra food. So when they was leaving McDonald's, she told her mom, we need to turn and give this young lady some food, or this person some food. She was like, what? 
Not only was the daughter challenged and she didn't know what to do with it, the mom, this was definitely outside her comfort zone. But they were obedient. We don't know what happened with that, that individual sitting there, but we know they got food that day. And what's most important, they were obedient to God. And the more you can be obedient with God, stepping outside your comfort zone, talking to people, sharing the gospel, doing what God has asked you to do, the more he will use you. Understand, if you have kids, you trust them because they have shown themselves trustworthy. When they do what you ask them to do, you give them them more responsibilities. It's baby steps. I didn't become, as I'm the next head pastor, because all of a sudden they saw me and said, whoo, that's a good-looking guy. No, it was baby steps. I started off by following God going to Bible college back in 2000. <laughs> right? From Bible college, I followed God to go to Maryland to serve at a camp to become children's ministry at that same church. After children's ministry, all of a sudden I get a call from this person from down south and say, hey, we know you're black and fat, but would you come down to the south? <laughs> These baby steps. And the more you follow the baby steps, the more God will use you. Okay. If you're going to see people's potential, maybe you need to spend time with God. If you're going to see people's potential, maybe you need to just be obedient. If you're going to see people's potential, maybe you need to spend time with other people. It's the craziest thing. It's the craziest thing. You know, it's, it just reminds me of before I got married, I had never eaten Indian food. I wouldn't even thought about eating Indian food. I eat fried chicken and watermelon. You get what I'm saying? Red Kool-Aid. That's what I know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sending some people back like, man, soul plane all over again. All right, so uh, I didn't eat Indian food. The first time I tried it, it was okay. But now, after spending time with my wife, Going to Indian restaurants. I love me some, some lamb vindaloo. Some chicken tikka masala. Some lamb biryani. Maybe you're going to need to spend time with other people. Some of my best friends in this church. Is, I call them Bubba, which is Ryan and Jason. Because I spend time with those old farts. They're not even old, right? They're, they're younger than me. These guys I've just spent time with. I know their heart. They're not the same color as me. We don't have the same upbringing. We don't have the same likes. But we get along just fine. Understand, when you spend time with people, maybe your heart begins to break for those people. You start to see this is an actual human being. Yes, they're covered up with tattoos, but there's a heart inside of that tattoo. They're breaking just like I'm breaking. My heart breaks for the homosexual community. All those letters, I'm not getting into that, but have you spent time with them? I'm not talking about having your kids. I'm, not, I'm talking about have you went and talked to them? These are sons and daughters who, have, who have, haven't experienced real love. My heart breaks for them because they need Jesus 
just like I need Jesus. I'm just saying, maybe your perspective, your potential, for seeing people's potential may change if you spend time with them. Just maybe. This next, next thing is kind of interesting. Um, it's, it's admit what you have believed. I may have even said it wrong. Admit what you believed. Let me explain this. In Acts chapter 10, verse 28, when Peter encounter and all these different things, it says this in Acts chapter, I mean, verse 28. Peter admits this. Peter told them, you know it's against our laws for a Jewish man to enter into a, a Gentile home like this or associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. I'm going to break this down. Maybe you just need to admit, I didn't get it. I, just, I didn't understand. I thought this was true about you people. It's okay. I've had it done to me. It did not ruin my relationship. It actually made me see that person more as a human. Because they, they had the kahunas. I don't know if you should say kahunas, but I said it twice. My bad, Tyler, right? Kahuna, 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 right? They had the kahunas enough to tell me, I want to love you. This is how I was raised. Forgive me for thinking this way. Help me to love you more. Like, just admit it. You were raised the way you were raised. I was raised the way I was raised. I'm not going to change how you were raised, but we can change each other's future. That's all I'm trying to say. Admit it. I was raised in a household of six boys. Yes, it was as bad as you thought. In the hood, it was as bad as you thought. There was things that we can discuss that was never discussed once in my wife's adulthood. I had to admit, I had some filth that I had to work through, baby. Forgive me. She can love me now. What if you took a Tyler out and say, Tyler, I just want to admit it. I never liked you. I, I mean, just be real. I never liked you. I thought you were ugly. I can't stand that you like Georgia. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I, I bet you if you actually did that with people that you want to develop a relationship with, you want to see their potential, I bet you they'll be understanding. We're human beings. We're not as bad as you think. I'm even talking about Misty and Jason. They're not as bad as you think. I'm just pointing at people. I just want to just, just make sure you guys understand. We're human beings. Admit it. Here's what the Bible says. I like the message version of this in Proverbs chapter 28. I like this. You can't wash, whitewash your sins and get by with it. You find mercy by admitting it and leaving them. Stop trying to whitewash our sins. Stop trying to whitewash your perspective of other people. Just admit it. No one's perfect. I promise you, if they hold it against you, come to me, and I won't hold it against you. Here's what I want to... I blazed through that. Okay, that was sweet. Okay, here's what I want to understand about this. If we can see people's true potential, I want you to know what happens. When we see people's true potential... 
There's not a wall. There's not a barrier. There's not a a circumstance, a situation that would keep us from reaching people. And if we can reach more people, we're going to be repopulating heaven. No, no. Imagine how good you have it when you want that for other people. Imagine when you're going through heartache, hurts, and pains, and you can lean on Jesus. Wouldn't you want that for other people? The main thing Jesus did was I, he came and died for you so that you can go tell other people once you receive him about what he did for you. Wouldn't you want that for other people? That's why we want to see people's potential. Because God is saying, get outside yourself and realize that there's more people outside our walls that needs Jesus. Not just you. You are fine and dandy. You got it. Hooray. Good job. Get off your butt and now go see other people the way God sees them. And he can't do it without you. That's why he's trying to change us. He's trying to change us because there's more people that needs Jesus. And I'm not just talking about in Scotland. Thank God for what God wants to do in Scotland. I'm talking about Rome, Georgia. People you see on a daily basis. When you go to the gym, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about you because you can clearly see I haven't been to the gym. When you go to the gym, Corey, right? When you go to the gym, there's people that need Jesus. When you go to Walmart, oh, Lord, Jesus. There's, you know there's many people in Walmart that need Jesus. You can't walk a corner like that person definitely need Jesus. I don't care what they say. You wearing that? You need Jesus, right? You go to Walmart. Come on. You go to school. You go to work. In your family. There's family members you have that need Jesus. And God needs you to be that Jesus to them. That's why he wants you to switch this. Because if all you ever see is how people have treated you, your biases, if all you ever see through is your own eyes, what you were taught, how you were raised, what you heard, you're never going to get outside your comfort zone. God needs you. He needs you so that we can take Rome, Georgia back for Jesus. And it starts with changing your perspective. I'm going to call Mr. Bruce up. I realize I probably should have called you up a couple minutes ago. It starts with changing your perspective. Hear this, church. You may not even realize this, but there may be things inside of you that you need to ask God to forgive you of. There was a scripture that David, 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 that David prayed. (laughs) That David prayed. He said, search my heart, O Lord. See if there's any wickedness in me. I'm going to ask you guys that you will pray with me. That God will search our heart. See if there's any wickedness, any bias, any things that are keeping us from seeing other people's full potential. And not just outside these walls. Because you can have those biases for people in your very own church. We need to tear down these walls. We need to be a church that loves everyone. And I'm not just saying, saying that. I'm saying that when they walk through these doors... They will experience God's love firsthand. I'm saying that when they walk through the church doors, when they come encounter with people from the church, not just Cornerstone Church. Oh, God. You can play whenever you're ready. Not just Cornerstone Church. I'm, okay. Not just Cornerstone Church. Hear this. You can have biases towards other churches. 
And God is in the business this season of saying enough is enough. If you're not going to get on board, get your butt out the way so that we can move this ship forward. God is in the business right now of tearing down walls to free us up to do what he wants to do. I'm asking you guys, will you join me on that? I don't want any more biases. I don't want any more prejudices. I don't want anything to keep me away from fulfilling God's destiny in my life. I want to be able to see everyone for who, for their true potential. And that potential is in, found in Jesus Christ. Pray with me. Father, right now we come before you asking you, Lord, to search our heart. See if there's anything in our hearts right now, Lord, that does not please you. Any wickedness, Lord, against our brother or sister, Lord, against people that are unsaved, Lord. We want to have the heart of God. We want to see people for their true potential. God, if that's in there, Lord, we ask you to remove it. I pray right now, Lord, this week for each and every one of us, Lord, that we will have encounters with those people who we didn't realize we had those things against. And I pray, Lord, that we're able to work through it and able to share the gospel with those individuals. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you plan to do in this church, in this world, because of your people who are called by your name. Be with us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Miss Daddy, you can come on up. Thank you, Pastor Stephen. Oh, my goodness. I feel compelled to share Pastor Stephen maybe on a, a on a, an addition. Yesterday I had a chance to speak uh, at a women's event at Pleasant Valley North. And at the end of when I spoke, a little eight-year-old girl walked up to me and she said, I just have to tell you, and she started to tear up. She said, I just got baptized and I just want to tell everybody about Jesus. And out of the mouth of a child, my faith was challenged to go and tell everybody about Jesus. And I said, show me your mom. I wanted to meet the mother of this sweet girl. She led me across the room, and the mother said, she is not the same since she got baptized and met Jesus. And, man, we are not, are we? We are not the same. So I thank you, Pastor Stephen, for challenging us to make it all about him and in his perspective. Wow, what a great message. Just to remind us all, the privilege of giving. Giving is a a discipline, a spiritual discipline that blesses us as we give. It is the strangest thing. God's, God's principles sometimes seem to work backwards, don't they? When we give, we get blessed. But can I challenge each of us to consider giving and giving on a regular basis so that we can continue to do ministry in this community. It, it takes funds and I'm grateful that we have a giving church. I just want to remind us to continue to do that. If you would, you'll see, you can do it online. You, there are boxes in the back here that you can do it. You can text your offering. You can do it always. So please be faithful to give prayer partners. If you'll go ahead and come on down front, if you have anything you want to pray about, If you just want to pray with one of the prayer partners about making room in your life for Jesus, why not do that? If you have, there's an illness, let them pray over you. 
If there's a concern that you have, let them pray with you. Come, let them join you in prayer. Um, Tonight is prayer here in this sanctuary, 6 to 7. We're doing that for 21 days within the community, but on Sunday nights we're gathering here as a church family. So would you come tonight, 6 to 7, and we can pray together about our community and what the Lord wants to do here. There's a prayer wall also out in the lobby. You can put your prayers on a little slip of paper and, and clip them onto the prayer wall if you would like to do that. It's out in the in the lobby. You can do that. Let's see. I think I got all of those. So um, as I always get to do at the end now, I get to speak a blessing over you. So if you'll stand and position yourselves to receive God's word and his blessing over you as you get ready to leave. Take a big, deep breath and just relax and let the Lord speak to you in your heart. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. Now go in his peace. Amen and amen. And hug somebody before you leave. All right. God bless you. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.